You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Well, hello, it's Bernadette back with She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to create an income and a life they love through renovating. And today we're talking about toilets. Okay, so in your new bathroom renovation, it's highly likely that you'll be installing a toilet or you'll be replacing an existing toilet. So today I want to talk about the ins and outs of that particular aspect of the renovation. So firstly, a toilet comes in two pieces, mainly a cistern and the pan. So the cistern can be a standard cistern or it can be an in-wall or concealed cistern. Okay, so that's the first decision you want to make. Are you going for a standard setup or are you going for an in-wall cistern? Now, why would you go for an in-wall cistern? Well, the main reason is because it's a very nice clean designer look, but it also is a big space saver. You've got quite a narrow bathroom. A standard toilet will protrude into the room, at, you know, around 750 or 800 millimeters. Whereas if you can install the cistern into the wall, then you've only got the pan that's actually in the room. And you can get something that's as small as 500 mil deep. So, you know, you can be saving yourself at least 200 millimeters. So it's a great space saving measure. There are some good reasons to not do it though. And the main one is that they're quite difficult to maintain. So the only access you have to the system is via an access panel behind the buttons. So if the system has any issues anywhere along the line, you know, more often than not, it's a leak. If you can't fix it through that panel, then you're looking at taking tiles off the wall and breaking into the wall to get to the system. We recently had this, we were renovating a terrace, a small terrace, and we discovered a damp patch in the living room wall and it was the neighbor's 20 year old in-wall cistern. In actual fact, he converted a a standard toilet suite into an in-wall system and it was leaking. So of course he didn't want to take his tiles off and create a huge mess in the bathroom. And so given that we were renovating, he asked if he could access it from our side. So normally I'd be reluctant, but we were keen to get the problem fixed. So we allowed that And interestingly, the wall was a single brick thick, so between the two dwellings. So it wasn't a major exercise to get that fixed and patched and all cleaned up. Now, an in-wall system will be, is best installed in a stud wall, but you can put it in a masonry wall, but it needs to be cut in and it's just, you know, it is a serious expense which is the other reason why you might not go for an in-wall system. You know, the actual, the components are expensive or significantly more expensive, probably about double what a traditional toilet is and the installation is more expensive as well. So just a bit more on in-wall systems. So the actual system itself generally comes in a steel frame that fits between two studs. So that frame comes in two heights, so you can have a low rise or a standard height one, which if you do what we often do, which is build a sort of a false wall to house the cistern and sort of a half wall so that we end up with a ledge in the bathroom for, you know, sort of as landing ground for bathroom products and so on. 
If you go with the higher version, that can be too high to be useful. So you need to think about how high you need to have that system. And there is also a third type of in-wall system which doesn't come in the steel frame. It's just got clips that you fix to the studs, sort of a cheaper version, which can be installed pretty much at the height that you want. Now, the alternative to an in-wall system is a the standard toilet suite. And I guess if you're going that way, just make sure that you go for a close coupled version. What that means is that the cistern sits down very close to the pan and so that you can't see any of the plumbing in between the two components. So it's shrouded in, you know, a piece of acrylic or porcelain. It's just a much cleaner look and you don't have plumbing to clean. You know, it tends to get quite dusty. It, that's quite an old look and I would certainly not expect to see that in a modern bathroom. Equally with the pan, we tend to go for a back to the wall version. So all the waste pipes are concealed in a porcelain skirt so that it's a nice clean finish and there's no pipes, you know, the old porcelain S to collect dust and just become a maintenance issue. So, you know, we want the bathroom to be as easy to clean and as clean a look as possible. The next thing I need to tell you is that toilet pans come in two configurations. They come in an S trap and a P trap. And so the S, the waste goes down into the floor. The P, the waste pipe goes through the wall. So if you're replacing an existing toilet, you need to know whether it's an S or a P. And the other thing you need to know is if it's a P, so the waste pipes in the wall, you need to know the height of that waste pipe from the finished floor level because they vary with different products. So you want to make sure that you get one that's going to work with that waste pipe because that's not movable. Well, it is movable, but you don't want the expense of moving it if you're just replacing an existing toilet. And similarly with the S trap, the waste pipe, it goes through the floor and you need to know the distance between the waste pipe and the wall so that you can find a toilet pan that works with that. So it's best to work with your plumber to get the right pan. Interestingly, a lot of toilet pans come as P-traps as standard these days. And if you go for an S-trap or if you need an S-trap, then you just need an adapter to adapt it, to change it, to go to become an S-trap. Now, if you are installing a new toilet that's you're repositioning the toilet, so you're not constricted by the position of the toilet, you want to think about where you put it and try and get it out of the line of sight when the doors open. I think that's a really bad look when you open the door and the first thing you see is the, the toilet. So think about where you can position it so it's in some way concealed. I just think that's a much better arrangement. If you are installing in a bathroom, this, the space, the width of your, the space required, if it's confined by say the shower and the vanity, is around 800. That's about the minimum to have something that sort of works comfortably. Now, most toilets, well, all toilets come as dual flush these days. 
And if you are having to submit a BASICS report for your renovation, then you might want to look at the Wells rating on the toilet because often you will need that to actually get your BASICS over the line. And the last couple of things I want to say is soft closed seats are, I think, you know, need to be standard. Don't go cheap and nasty. It, it doesn't cost much these days to put in a decent toilet suite. So a good solid soft closed seat. And when the plumber installs the toilet, they used to mortar them in. So you could never get them out without breaking up the tiles. But these days they're siliconed in. And what that means is on the day the toilet is installed, um, when the plumber has finished, the bathroom needs to be cordoned off and nobody go near it until the next day because the silicon takes time to cure. And if you want your toilet to be well grounded, it needs that time to cure. Okay, so in our show notes today, I'm going to include some diagrams so that you get a bit of an understanding of what I've been talking about. It's tricky to explain these concepts in theory, but I hope that this episode has been useful to you and I'll see you tomorrow. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.